Okay, I want to pick up um, where Sheila left us. If you remember, the first Sunday this year, Sheila preached, and uh, which really struck me what she was talking about. We were, talking about she was, we were going through Ephesians at the time, and she was talking about the, the gifts that are bring, given to the church by God, through the Spirit, to the church. And she said uh, she felt that this was important for us as a church, key, in fact, for the church in the coming time. And I, it really, I, I, I chimed with that, I agree with that, I think that was spot on. I think it was more than just a sermon from the scriptures, I think it was more of a prophetic kind of opening that we need to take a note of this. Um, so on Tuesday we were praying into this a little bit, and um, we prayed uh, for, for the church and for um, gifts of the Spirit in the church, and, um, and I just... Uh, wants to to put a sort of vision out there for us as a church. You know, you come across people, you hear of people, and you say, oh, this person is a gifted musician in my world, or they, you might find a gifted sportsman, or a gifted, um, I don't know, what kind of gifted, a gifted communicator. Um, and, and what you're saying is that person has some qualities um, that, that make them shine in that particular field or whatever it is that they're exercising. I want us to know that God would want us to be a gifted church. Yeah, not a church with gifts, but a gifted church. Um, and, and, and we were praying this on Tuesday, really believe that God would actually, he gives us the ability to every church to be a gifted church should we choose to, to exercise those things. Now, as, as I hope... I count myself as a reasonably gifted musician. The thing about the giftedness is you have to put it into practice. Um, I still, as Ella will probably tell you, practice most days. <laughs> yeah? Um, and, uh, and, and Joe stayed at the house, you know, um, yes, even last night at 10.30 I was still practicing. And, um, and that's because I, I have a gift and I want to keep it working. And... and and then that plays out into other things. So the, the reason why I play the piano reasonably well is not because I, I don't actually practice the piano that much, but it, the music is being practiced, and, and so I'm using my giftedness in different ways. And I think that is what God would, is challenging us with, that to, to be a gifted church, the gifts are there, but we need to be uh, practicing them, and literally practicing them. And, and I'll talk a bit about that later. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's where I feel like maybe to, uh, call this few messages um, a gifted church that's that's what we're, we're talking about today um, so um, I forgot to ask there's a powerpoint I put in the little thing could we we pop that up we're going to talk to one another just for I know we've done a lot of talking already today um, I want to ask some questions um, how much of what we do as a church or as an individual is directly reliant or empowered by the Holy Spirit I want you to think about that or put it another way how much of what we do could we carry on Regardless of whether the Holy Spirit was involved or not. So the same question, just in putting two different ways. Um, and you can be honest about this. Do, do you ask the Holy Spirit to help or inspire before you come to church or before you read the scriptures or before you listen to a talk like this or before you speak to other people or before you serve? And then finally, to sum it all up, have we got become used to being a church that doesn't really need the Holy Spirit? That's a challenging question. Yeah, Rose's face is like, oh, no, do I have to answer that? Yeah. And I don't mind, you know, if we can be honest about that, okay? So two minutes, just turn around or, or talk to your neighbour. Just discuss. Just 
Go for it. You're going to have to get used to this talking to one another. I'm going to do this more and more each week. So just two, two minutes and then we'll just get some ideas. Move around if you need to. I'll be honest with you, I think we can, I think all of those things, by the way, are true, valid, you know. Um, uh, you can just sit down now, Sheila, if you want, rather than, okay, rather than staying on your knees for the rest of the service there. Um, I mean, I think it's possible to go through the motions of church and, 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 and it'd be actually quite good without really inviting the Holy Spirit. You know, because we can, we can do, I mean, feast the eating together, the sharing together, the, um, the, the, the preaching, uh, the reading the scriptures together, praying. I mean, those are all good things. And they're, they're, you know, when Jesus is mentioned and spoken of and proclaimed, uh, those are all good things. And it can be good. You know, so I think I agree. We're kind of saying the same kind of thing. Um, but it can be better. There can be more. Um, but also, I think there are many things that I do. When I sit down in front of the piano, I'm gifted at the piano, I just play it. I don't think that I have to invite the Holy Spirit to play, let's be honest, you think I sound good, but it's only three chords. <laughs> it's only three chords in a different order most of the time, maybe the occasional fourth one thrown in. And once you get practised at that, and once you become confident in that, you can pass it off quite easily. Um, and so am I asking the Holy Spirit to inspire my fingers every single time I play if I'm honest I'll be honest with you no even when I'm speaking now I know that I can I can do this quite easily in myself because I'm gifted at this not everybody is and I know but other people do different things I mean Louise when she goes into the kitchen and this is not just here but at home uh, I'm looking at the watch, I'm thinking, right, you're supposed to be in in 10 minutes' time and there's no food anywhere. And then she just goes, poof, and then it just appears. And I'm thinking, how does she do that? It's because she's gifted at it. She's not asking the Holy Spirit, please, Lord, help me get dinner on the table. It just, she's good at that, right? Um, but I think that, that, that there is something where, like, like Isabel said, you know, that there, is, there is always more. There is always more. And I'm challenging myself because I know there are times when I am playing music that goes beyond my gift and I just think, what? I don't know what's going on now. You know, it's, kind of, it's, it's just starting to happen where I'm, I'm not in control. Uh, and, uh, and it's more difficult when you are good at something for that to happen, by the way. When I, when I first started playing in church and I wasn't very good at, good at the three chords, there would be times where I'm just thinking, oh, how am I doing that? And I would stop catch myself and realise that God is taking over something that actually I'm not that good at but the more the better you become at it in your natural self the more difficult it is to hand it over does that make sense so um, now I just want us to just take a moment you know and think a bit because this idea of being a gifted church with the Holy Spirit working through us each one of us um, is something which I think is just foundational for us being us we're moving into a season where I think God is calling us. As Julie pointed out today, you know, there are times, what do we say? You know, what do we say when we're confronted with a person that, that, needs, that needs the spirit, that needs the gospel, that needs the power of God, and we're thinking, oh, I don't know what to say. Um, and I think we all feel that, okay? So that's, you're not alone in that. And, and um, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this, uh, it, there's always that moment of thinking, 
what I do now. Um, but if you look in the, um, the, the, the scriptures, the, the early church, they pray for boldness. They pray for the Spirit. Um, and in fact, going beyond, before that, you look at Jesus himself, and as you will know, really Jesus didn't do anything for 30 years in terms of he didn't do any ministry. All right? He was baptized at the age of 30. That's an interesting one. We won't talk won't get into the theology of baptism there, but he was baptized at the age of 30 or thereabouts. And just as he came out of the water, you know the story, but if you don't know the story, what happens? There's a voice from heaven. The Father speaks, this is my Son whom I love, in him I'm well pleased, and the Spirit comes on him. That's an interesting thing to think that Jesus didn't have the Spirit on him until then. Wow. Okay, again, another thing we could go off on. Um, and then, from that point, he is led by the Spirit. And, and he is known to be anointed and empowered by the Spirit. Okay? Now, this is Jesus. <laughs> like, this is the Son of God. This is God in a human body. And if he needed the Spirit to do the stuff he was doing, let me suggest that we, even if we are good at playing the piano, might need the Spirit too. You know, even if we are gifted as a teacher, we will need the Spirit. Even if we are gifted as a communicator or a, a person who's just really good at meeting people where they're at or, or bumping into people in, in the supermarket and getting chatting. Because there are some people I know that can just start, strike up a conversation with a tree in the middle of nowhere and they just manage to do it. And I'm, just, I'm, I'm not like that. I, in fact, I'm a bit like Daniel. I like to find trains that are empty. I put my headphones in and I'm, I'm there. I'm in my happy place. But there are some people... And whenever they get on a plane, they always seem to have these in-depth conversations. I'm not that person. But even if you are that person, we still need the Spirit to, to work powerfully. Otherwise, we're, we're us. And, and that's good, but that's, you know, that's all. So I'm going to read a little portion from um, Acts chapter 1. If you want to turn there, you can do. Um, it's, it's a well-known um, passage. It's the beginning of the church. I love... I love watching the transition, and it happens very abruptly. If you read through the Gospels, the disciples appear to be, on the whole, complete buffoons. Um, always getting it wrong, always messing it up, always giving the wrong answer, always just not quite getting it. I mean, on the whole. I mean, there's a few moments where they shine, but it doesn't... You know, Peter finally recognises that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and then within seconds, almost, Jesus is saying to him, get behind me, Satan, because he's... he's messed it up however there's this turning point and then you at the beginning of acts and you really when you then read through acts you realize these same guys have suddenly got this authority this assuredness this confidence this just something about them where they're just getting it all right i mean give or take within human imperfection you know and and i think it, the key thing is is what happens here at the beginning of acts so acts chapter one I'm going to read verse 4 through to 8, which says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, this is Jesus eating with them, with the disciples, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round and asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Um, I'm sure most of us have been to Mercedes-Benz World, yeah? Has anyone not been to Mercedes? You've not been? You've not been? Okay, check it out. Check it out. If you've not been, let me explain to you. It's this big, it's basically a big Mercedes showroom, all right? Um, And you can go in, and particularly when it was first opened, it was great. You could take the kids. It was free because they all thought everybody in Weybridge or the area can afford a Mercedes, so all they need to do is have it. So we all go in. You know, you know, like you go in and you sit in the cars, and and you can sit in the top of the range thing with the leather seats, and you can play with the seats, and they go backwards like this on the automatic. You don't have to wind it; it's a button. You press it, and it comes. Uh, and of course, the kids like to do this over and over. You can turn the radio on. You can look at the sat nav and see that you're still stationary, and you can pretend you're driving. You can sit in the back and check out the leg room in the massive, great big four by four things that they've got that just make. Even our car looks small, and it's great. I mean, they're beautiful machines, aren't they? When you get up close to them as well, and you can really just see the, the craftsmanship, the workmanship on it, and you can fiddle with all the, the gadgets and stuff. And you, you look at the price tag, and you think, okay, there's a reason why I haven't got this. And, um, and, and you look at the specifications and stuff. Um, and you can really enjoy that. And that is a day out. In fact, there have, we have spent many days out there just going there, just going and sitting in the cars. Or even just now, they kind of lock the more expensive ones and you just have to look at them because they've got wise to the fact that the kids go and they go, <laughs> and they don't look quite so good after that. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but still, even if you just go and you get up close to one of those things and it's new and it's shiny, uh, the electric boot thing and all that stuff, it's cool. All right? But you know, if you've driven a car, that that's not the sum total of a car, right? You know, I mean, it might be comfortable, it might be cosy, but the car was designed to get on the road, or even the track. And if you were fortunate enough, or have got enough money to have one of those experience days, and you watch them going around on the track outside, because re- there's, there's like a test track there, and you can go and pay, I think it's... Hundred pound or something to have an hour or half an hour riding around in one, or driving one of their most powerful AMG cars, um, and the what sorry and the skid track as well yeah and you can see then what this thing was designed to do as well as to be comfort, comfortable and luxurious it also goes really fast and is a lot of fun to to, to be in um, and and will take you wherever you want to go that is the point of a car right you fill it up with petrol even. In fact, actually, if we're honest, even a beaten-up old Ford Escort with some petrol in the tank and you can go somewhere with it is actually more useful than a Mercedes sat in the showroom with the doors locked and you look at it and you think it looks nice, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah? If you need to get the shopping done, a beaten-up old XR3 or even an just an Escort with some petrol in the tank will do the job. You'd like an XR3. Okay, we'll pray for that, Joe. I'm not promising anything. We don't have that kind of theology. Um, a red one. Yeah, I knew my, one of my friend's dad had a red XR3. I did back in the day. Yeah, I know. All right. We'll explain what an XR3 is another time. Um, and this is the thing with the church. I think too often we 
managed to make the church attractive. Nothing wrong with that. Um, it's comfortable. Nothing wrong with that, in a sense. Um, um, it's, it's, it's got all the, the right things in it. It looks like a church. It sounds like a church. It smells like a church. It's got everything going for it that looks like a church. And that's all right. But God is saying, that's great. We just need to get the petrol in the tank, turn the ignition, and get moving. Because the church isn't supposed to be some kind of museum piece, you know, like... Oh, here's an example of the church. Come and have a look at the church. This is what it looks like. You know, or, or this is the church, like a picture on a wall, and it's a, it's a really accurate, beautiful, artistic depiction of what the church is supposed to be like. But it's, it's supposed to be a living, breathing thing. Moving, active, working, powerful, being Jesus in the world. Now, Jesus was really good at teaching. Yes. He was really good at meeting people at the well, you know, or bumping into people in the, in the street, as it were, and, and just knowing what they needed and, and speaking into that. He was really good at when someone was sick, fixing it, you know, or when somebody had a problem, solving it, or when somebody had a challenge, he would have a great challenge. When, when, when there were things that were wrong, he would challenge that and bring what was right. And how did he do that? Because he was the Son of God? Yes. And because he had the Spirit. And if you look through the New Testament, it talks of us having the, the Word of God. Yes. The truth of God. Yes. But also, Paul says, I spoke to you with a message that had power with it. That, I don't think he was talking about, because sometimes we say, you might even say to me sometimes, that was a powerful message. In fact, sometimes you come up, some of you come up to me and say, that was a great message. And what you're saying is that it was a powerful message. That was like there was depth to those words. And as Isabel said, I think what that also means is that the Spirit was moving in that. And I think that is true. But I think also... Um, and this is how God's word works. That when God says something, it does something. So when God says, let there be light, he didn't sort of say, there's this concept called light. And what happens is it sort of shines into the darkness and the darkness becomes light. He didn't start describing it and then he actually said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Yeah, there was light. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when God says something, so when God says, be healed, it happens. And, and when Jesus says, come out of the person to speak to a demon, it happens. Um, because there's power with the words. Um, and I think that is where God is wanting us to be. And, but that takes practice as well, by the way. It, it, it doesn't, just like with the piano, even if you, you get the gift, it takes a bit of practice and getting it wrong a lot of the time. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at this passage here, and what I love about this is it says here, verse 4, it says, On one occasion while he was eating. You know, these are the disciples with Jesus after the resurrection, and on one level, this is like it's all, they must be just thinking this is all bonkers. He was dead, and now he's not dead, and now we're having dinner with him. And they must have been just sitting there kind of going, Whoa, this is crazy. But on another level, they might be just thinking, Well, we have to eat, and 
we always eat, we always used to eat, we all can just carry on eating. Maybe they're just eating is an ordinary, everyday, routine thing. And, and that, um, I think actually, Judy, what, what you, brought, you shared with us is, is actually very pertinent to, to what's today because it's in the ordinary that the spirit works. It's, it, I don't think it's much use if the, the spirit is just there for the, on just, just on the high occasions, like when we gather together in church. I think it's, that's where it starts. But it's, and, and I think you've hit the nail on the head, we want to be able to be people in the very ordinary things when we're eating our food together, when we're doing our shopping, when we're filling our car up with petrol, when we're walking the dog, when we're filling in a claims form at work or whatever. The spirit moves in those times. And so Jesus, they're just having food together. And... and uh, and Jesus just announces this thing. They're probably just thinking, oh, he's going to do one of his wise things again. You know, oh yeah, he's about teaching stuff. He's good at that. He announces that, I want you to be naturally supernatural. He says, don't leave. It is an interesting. Don't leave. I've got a mission for you. Don't do it until the Spirit comes. I've got something for you to do. Don't go off and try and do it. It's important you do it, but don't do it until the Spirit comes. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Spirit comes. But when the Spirit comes, then you will go into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. So that what he's saying is you will go out everywhere and you will be empowered to do what you need to do. And receiving the Spirit is a starting point. He says, just wait, wait for it. He says, wait a few days. So he wasn't expecting there to be a long gap. But wait, and when you receive it, it will be power from on high. That means it's a conscious experience. That's why I wanted Daniel to tell us about his experience. Because it's a, it's a real experience. It's something that, is, that you can put times and dates and names and places to. It's the same as like if you put your fingers in the socket. I don't suggest you do this, okay? Just saying, all right? But if you were to do that, fingers in the socket, turn the power on, you will know about it, right? Yeah, Dennis did some electrical testing the other day. I was a little bit worried that we would know about it. <laughs> you know, and not that I didn't have confidence, but you, you know, when you, when you touch electricity... And you, dig it, and you get it wrong, if, if you like, you know about it. Because there's power in that, right? There's 240 volts will do something to you. And when the Spirit, you receive the Spirit, when the Spirit comes on you, you will know about it. In one way or another. And just as Daniel said, for, for Wesley, it was a warming, I think a warming in his spirit. For some people, it is like being laid out on the floor as if you have been hit with 240 volts. And probably everything else in between. But either way, you will know about it. You will receive power from on high. And for me, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. And I don't know why I haven't shared this so much. Some things I share some, a lot, some things I don't. I, you, I've, most of you met our first pastors, Alan and LaDonna. They came to stay with us was it last year. Yeah, last year. Came to stay with us and Alan preached here, um, if you were there that week. And I met him through various different circumstances. And... He was doing this message, basically, that I'm, I'm talking about today. And, and he said, he actually, I mean, Alan being Alan, he kind of really didn't really give me much choice. He said, you need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he didn't sort of make it an option. You need the Holy Spirit. 
and, and I'm going to pray for you. And he did. And nothing really happened there and then, I don't think. But not long after, but Daniel was talking about tongues, and we can talk about that another time and go into more detail on that another time. But just, I started to speak in a language that I, is not my language. I started to speak these words, and it became something that, I, that happened when I opened my mouth. Sometimes um, it just literally would just come upon me. And then more often when I just put it into practice, it would, it would happen. Um, at the same time, I was going through a bit of a crisis in my life, uh, which has shaped really my, my journey of, of my life ever since. But at that time, I was in a huge turmoil. And again, I could go into more details another time. But at that same moment, whilst that turmoil, tur- turmoil was still there and things didn't change in my external circumstances, I just knew God's peace beyond... I just can't explain it. It's one of this... Maybe that's a warming inside. I can't explain it, but it's just like a power worked in me where I was just going around on cloud nine. <laughs> and all my friends are like, aren't you supposed to be sad? Kind of like, I am. Can't you tell? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I had this conflict of deep pain and sadness and at the same time, deep joy. That's the Holy Spirit. And then as I've moved forward, there have been times, um, we had Randy Clark was a, a or an example where some of you have experienced that. And not just that, but I've been in church meetings where I've, I've just had the power of God on me and I've felt it in my body. My body has been physically shaking or moving because the power of God, that electricity of God, has been working in me. And I know when the Spirit is moving and there's this thing that happens. You may have seen me do it and the amazing thing is a bit odd, but that, that, it does happen from time to time. I just get this contraction in my diaphragm. Uh, which just does that to me, completely involuntary. And I can sometimes be just, it's, if I'm thinking about something or reading something, it's the spirit, that's, I'm learning, that's the spirit saying, I'm getting your attention at this moment. Yeah, just, or sometimes when I'm playing, I find my, my eyes start twitching, my eyelids. And it's, I'm trying to relax, but it's the spirit. I'm learning that. It's a, literally a physical, powerful thing. And then from that, I've experienced times when I've prayed and I've received words of knowledge for people that um, otherwise I would not have known. Um, uh, some of those I've shared with you before. Um, there are some times where the, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit giving a gift of faith. Now I was saying to Rose, she has a gift of faith. And that I would say is a general gift of faith. That she speaks faith when she speaks. Like It's like this is... It's like, this is the way it is. This is God. And then God will do this. And that's a gift of faith on one level. And I would say, I don't have that on general day-to-day. I'm usually quite pessimistic about things. Um, but there are times when the Spirit moves on me and I just say something. And, I, and I'm not usually very definite as well. If, when it comes to making decisions, Louise is much better at just sort of saying, we're doing this. And I'm kind of going, mm, yeah, but, you know. But there have been times when the Spirit moves in me and I just say, this is going to happen. And one of the times, Ella, if you don't mind, when you, you won't remember this, but when you were a year old, Ella had an operation. And she had an operation where the surgeon said, I've done what I can. This esophagus won't last more than six months. And she was a year old. And, what he, and he was saying, I'm going to have to cut it out and we're going to have to remove the esophagus and she'll have to, we'll have to do some kind of... Uh, 
Now, I trusted this guy, and I still do. I think he, he knows what he's talking about, and he has done some amazing things with Ella's body. <laughs> but at that time, I had this thing inside me that said, and it's the Holy Spirit I know, said, nope, that's not going to happen. And that's not like me. I'm not like Rose. I don't do that kind of thing, <laughs> generally. I, don't, I generally kind of go, okay, doctor says it's coming out in six months' time. But I had this thing in me that said, no, this is not going to happen. I didn't need to do any more praying. In fact, that was, it wasn't as like, then now you need to pray this. I was just certain that God had said to this to me, and that was the case. And we would go and see Mr. Okoy, the surgeon, I don't know if you remember, from time to time, you know, you were very young, and he would be like, oh, okay, esophagus still going. So we'd have another two-month checkup or whatever. Oh, okay. See me in six months. Oh, see me in 12 months. Oh, sign you off. Now, we still see him for other things, but the esophagus, still the same esophagus, still the same child. Um, we're all right. Yeah? That's an example of a gift of faith. Now, my confession to you, and you can hold me to account in this, I don't think I've dug deep enough in this. I don't think... I, part of my personality type as well is I'm scared of letting go of control. I'm being very honest with you today, all right? Um, even today I realise, Graham says, can I say something? And I said, yes, as long as it's quick. Because I have an agenda for today, all right? <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm being honest, I'm, I'm confessing my sins. Because I... I, <laughs> um, I struggle with letting go of, of stuff because I, I like the safety of knowing that we'll be done in we've already gone over time sorry you know that we'll be within the boundaries of, of what is normal what I think is normal I don't like pushing beyond I don't like going into new territory scary territory and so I sometimes hold back or restrict and it's possible to do that and sometimes also for me sometimes it's just too overwhelming I can't cope with doing this over and over again you know and, and praying and asking God every single day come and electrocute me with your spirit so that I'm walking in this power every day I, I just can't cope with that some people seem to manage it some people I, I can't and, and I think it takes discipline it takes giving yourself to God every day and I don't have that but I want to hold myself accountable to you because the church needs a spirit filled pastor right Okay, and yeah, I know that some of you are now dying to comfort me after say, but I do see the spirit working in you. Yes, and I know that, but I'm talking on a different level to what you're talking about when you say that. Yeah, um, because I'll give you another example of the spirit. This is on a gentle level where sometimes when I just got, I feel as though I've got, I had a terrible week. I'm still itching to preach on a Sunday. That to me is a sign of the spirit. Because what, what else have I got to say when I've just had a terrible week? And yet I, I get up and I say something. That's the spirit. I recognise that. But there is more. And that's what I'm talking about. So I'm holding yourself accountable. You need a spirit-filled pastor. We need a spirit-filled church. So it's not just about me. It's about you too. Okay? Um, naturally supernatural people. A gifted church. Um, yeah. Even today, I've surprised myself. I know we have very detailed notes that you could probably just read. Here's the thing: you could just read my notes and do the same sermon as I do normally. But today, I've just kind of gone off. Sorry. So that's probably why we're a bit late. But you know, it's also Graham's fault because he had a little thing to say. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Well done. So my question is, I just want to say, do you want to receive the Spirit? Um, and <laughs> uh, good. Um, and and I, I want to just invite us just to wait, just as Jesus said, just wait. And, and it may take a few days, or it may happen now, um, that we would just say, okay, God, come and, uh, and, and move, move in us, move through us. Um, uh, if, if you're a bit worried about that, I can understand that. But I want to assure you uh, that it's okay. Um, and as we journey forward as a church, uh, we need the Spirit. And so, uh, and as you journey forward in life, let me tell you, you will need the power of the Spirit. Uh, whether it's bumping into somebody in the supermarket and knowing what to say, or whether it's because something comes against you and you, you think, I don't know, I'm going to cope with this, we need the Holy Spirit. Um, Now, I don't know what she ordered to do this, so help me, Lord. Because I prayed this week, and I, I just, and I challenged myself to see if I can hear from God, and I'm, so I'm going to share those things now, and then we're going to ask the Spirit to come. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Now, some of this may sound bonkers, and I'm, I'm practicing it, and it may be completely off, and I'm fine with that if it is. But as I was praying, it's difficult to pray for you guys with, to find a word of knowledge for you, because I know you. I was even thinking today, right, Lord, give me uh, what somebody's going to wear um, so that I w- would have a word for them. But I know Daniel's got this shirt. We've been talking about this shirt. And so th- I have started getting these things. And I know Sheila's got that jumper. Sorry, I know you've worn that one before. And in fact, I think we've talked about this jumper before. <laughs> you know, and uh, so that was a tricky one. But I, I asked God to give me just things that might just identify someone and then that God would then speak to them through that. So... I had a very clear picture of somebody with smart brown shoes. And they were kind of two-tone. All right? Now, I'm looking here, Emma. They were very similar to that. They may be those, but has anyone got any better ones than those? <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether those those ones. It's more like these ones. But anyway, I'm going to say this, and, and if it chimes with you, it does... If it doesn't, it doesn't, that's fine. I'm cool with that, but I'm practicing this because I'm. And I felt that God was saying to the person with the smart brown shoes, God is calling you to spend less time doing the sort of um, trivial things and calling you to a deeper prayer life. Now, if that resonates with you, take it. Um, now, here's a strange one. I felt God was saying, someone's having salad for lunch. Is anyone here having salad for lunch? Not really. <laughs> um, okay, I'll move on then. That's not. I had a clear picture of somebody with having salad with cos. Um, no, not cos. Uh, those romaine lettuce leaves. You know, the, the way you haven't seen salad. Okay, I'll leave that one. Hey. What sandwiches? That That type of lettuce. Yeah. The Romaine lettuce. Okay, all right, we'll go with that. God wants to say to you that the washing of the Spirit, what we're talking about here, will make you completely clean and fresh and new. Which is something I think we all struggle with, but that, if, that's, if you've got those particular lettuce leaves, that's what God's saying to you today. All right? Final, two more, actually. 
Is anyone, I had, so I, what I went for, rather than clothes, I went for what people were eating for lunch. Because I, I don't know what you're having for lunch. Anyone having pork ribs? Pork chops. No, pork ribs. They're definitely pork ribs. Okay, I'll move on for that one. That was a bit, that was a bit more of my least one. Okay, is anyone here also their favourite animal, a giraffe? That's Florence, actually. How is it? Mm-hmm. That she's mad on giraffes? Yeah. Pork ribs. Okay, I'll tell you the pork rib bombs in a minute. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you the, that then for, for, for uh, Florence in a minute. That, that may be a bit more personal. Pork ribs are the same. They're a bit more personal, those ones. So, I'll, okay. You can, and, then, and then if you think that's something you want to share with them, then, then you can do. But, so catch me later. All right. The reason why I'm doing that is because I've seen people push into that. And I, I'm challenged to do this. And others have, have too. But, okay, God. Because the thing is, when people come to our feast meal, if you can say to them, God basically knows you. God knows that Reg is having a lettuce leaf in his sandwich for lunch. Those particular ones. Um, then you've got their attention then they know that God is speaking to them then they know there is power in this message it is not just a nice idea and I'm learning this so I've just bumbled that to you and I'm going to keep trying Um, and I know that I'll get better at it and I know we'll get better at it if we try and it's not just that we'll talk about different kinds of gifts in weeks to come um, and that's not me just start to become a fortune teller that is just asking God what does and I don't even know who the person is what do they need I hadn't thought that it, the messages might be for people that aren't here so that's interesting um, yeah does that make sense? okay right let's just take a moment I'm just going to pray I'm going to we just ask for the spirit and if And particularly if you are someone who's experienced in the spirit, I'd ask you just to be quiet for a bit because there's some of us kind of like, yeah, we're going. I I I know what we need to do now. Let's just allow for the spirit to move, particularly on the new newer, the novices, if you like, um, which is it'd be great. And there's no pressure then, though, for you if you're a newer person to this to 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 perform. But just let's ask God to 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 bring His spirit, and if. That means some tongues happen, let it happen. If it means you start to hear some things you've never heard before, let it happen to you. If you, feel, you start to feel something in you, just go with it. That's all I'd say. All right, and then it's just, so let's take a moment and we'll see where we go and then we'll close up because somebody's got to have their lettuce leaves. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We said earlier about the promise of God and we thank you Father that you have promised the spirit to us and when you promise something there's a power in that that brings a reality it's not an empty promise we thank you Jesus that you spoke of the Holy Spirit to the disciples and you said wait don't go anywhere until this comes And we thank you for that gift that comes to us. The Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power from on high. 
And then you'll be my witnesses. Then you'll be my church. Then you'll be me to the people around you. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And move amongst us as we wait on you now. Come Holy Spirit. And I speak to the King's Church, receive the Holy Spirit. Whether you've received before, whether you feel as though you're flowing already, or whether this is a completely new concept to you, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit.